0: From beach towels to tea towels, and from mugs to water bottles, the TNT shop has it all. Browse our shop now at TNTradio.live. Interviews, news, and views. You're listening to State of the Nation on today's News Talk, TNT Radio.
1: Well, welcome to State of the Nation. It's that time again. I am Steve Hook, broadcasting live from the Central Jersey Shore, and here's my man, Brian Hesher McLean in Central Texas. Hello, Hesh. How are you, brother? A good good day to you, sir, and a big show. Yes,
2: very very good day. Yeah, it's a beautiful day out here in Central Texas, and I'm very happy to be here with you on
1: today's News Talk, Steve. Yeah, man, me too. And, uh, you know, while we were on the air yesterday, uh, quite a bit of big news broke, and it's kind of created a little bit of uh, kind of a flashpoint here. Of course, we're talking about the idiotic Colorado Supreme Court. Now, I know we're going to get into this decision a little bit later with one of our guests, but uh I, I couldn't start the show without mentioning it because it is such uh a an egregious case here, what the what the Supreme Court of Colorado did. First of all, let's just stipulate that all seven members of the Colorado Supreme Court were appointed by Democrat governors. So there's that. Uh, so it's obviously partisan. We have gone well beyond banana republic stage, uh, and we have skidded straight into tyrannical authoritarianism here. And a lot of people have had a lot to say about this, and I have no doubt that you will too, Hesh, and I know I will. But Newt Gingrich, former Speaker Newt Gingrich, came out and said uh, Colorado has become uh, is close to becoming the new Venezuela. <laughs> after banning uh, Trump or barring Trump from the, from the primary ballot. Again, just an absurd ruling, but former House Speaker Newt Gingrich warned Wednesday that Colorado is poised to become an authoritarian regime, much like Venezuela, after the state Supreme Court issued its ruling to keep former President Trump off the 2024 primary ballot. Uh, his exact quote was, Colorado is on the verge of becoming the new Venezuela. Four lawyers have decided... Uh, that their views outweigh 1,364,607 Coloradans who voted for Donald Trump in 2020. Keeping a political opponent from even running is the behavior of a dictatorship, not a democracy. And isn't that a perfect word to use? Because, you know, Hesh, this is just another example of uh, of projectionism. And we've talked about this before. They are now accusing Trump of being literally Hitler, Uh, He is a dictator, blah, 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 blah. And then they pulled this dictatorial stunt. I mean, I would ask if you could believe it, but I know you can believe it. But what do you think about it? It's
2: just tedious, and it's exactly what we've expected. They've been threatening to uh, invoke the 14th Amendment for months now, I guess a couple of years now, I guess in COVIDian terms, a couple of weeks now. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I'm not surprised to see this. We've kind of been expecting it. Um, and as uh, one of my favorite quotes was, welcome to Venezuela or Cuba or Nicaragua. That was uh, another thing that Gingrich threw in there in his commentary. Um, I do love the ratioing that I'm seeing in the commentary under all the people that have posted this, all the, you know, uh, political influencers, if you will, and politicians and pundits and stuff that have, uh, you know, expressed their concerns about it, like one of our guests will later in the show also. So, you know, um, and I would say expect more states to follow suit. Uh, Expect this from, you know, three or four or five other states probably. Including my home state. Yeah, yours definitely. In California, will probably do it. Uh, Who knows? Massachusetts will probably do it. You know, we could come up with a few more. Basically, all the the states that are going gung-ho to take your Second Amendment rights away, your First Amendment rights away, those ones.
1: Yeah, yeah, the dic- the dictatorial states, yeah, the blue states. Um, well, you know, you mentioned all the people that are commenting on it. One of those people is the president of El Salvador. Now, when you're <laughs> getting mocked by the president of El Salvador, you know you have crossed the political Rubicon. Uh, this is what uh, El Salvador President Naib uh, Bukele said. He said, the United States has lost its ability to lecture any other country about democracy. Wow. Uh, I mean, this is this is the same nation that Daniel Ortega ran with an iron fist. So they know all about dictators down there. Uh, but when Central American nations are lecturing the United States about representative republics and democracy, uh, it, it's, uh, it's a good bet that the Democratic Party has kind of lost sight of things here. I almost consider it an in-kind campaign donation because it's only going to help Trump in the long run. The Supreme Court is almost certainly going to bounce this. Which may take care of those other states you were talking about, Hash. We'll have to wait and see. I posted on my socials that every red state in the country should immediately remove Joe Biden from the ballot and say he has willfully and blatantly ignored his duty to prevent invasion in the United States and has shrugged off his oath of office uh, to protect the sovereignty of the nation. Therefore, Uh, He is, uh, we're going to deem him unsuit, unsuited to fit. He's no longer on the ballot. I mean, you know, this is the kind of tit for tat kind of crap that that's what this precedent sets. And it's scary. And I think they need to, uh, I think SCOTUS needs to get it on the rocket docket ASAP because this is going to get very ugly, very quickly. If they don't any final words on that
2: yeah they may as well get it on the docket quick style rather than wait for four or five more states to do the same thing and then have to deal with all of that don't waste everybody's time we've had enough time wasting here in the united states of america steve so yeah Yeah. um yeah and and that coming from the the president of el salvador uh i agree with him 150 bazillion percent we have no right to go around talking about democracy look at the democracy so-called democracy we just pumped over a hundred billion dollars into that's led to over six hundred thousand ukrainians dead uh ridiculous for for a dictator over there a comedian puppet dictator who's removing political parties jailing journalists and shutting down
1: churches poppycock yeah yeah and locking up priests and stuff it's unbelievable By the way, a lot of the almost every one of those deaths can be laid at the feet of not only little President Z over there, uh, but also our incompetent, cognitively gone grifting moron commander in chief Joe Biden. He doesn't want this war to be won. He wants it to be fought, Uh, you know nonstop. It's a it's a war of cover up, but whatever. Yeah. Don't forget anyway. our
2: CIA, too, that's been working on this for uh, you know, more than just this administration and, you know, people yeah. like Lindsey Graham and John McCain. Oh
1: my God. Lindsay, Lindsay never met a war he didn't love. Yes. Uh and here we go again. And I just must say that uh that 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 it is a joke. It's an embarrassment. And again, I just can't stress it enough. It's almost an in-kind donation to Trump what they've done here, because everybody and their mother is talking about it, even former Colorado legislators that are Democrat have come out against this. So uh, just a stupid, stupid partisan move. Hey, you know, there's many ways you can listen to TNT Radio. You can stream us, of course, directly from our website at tntradio.live. You can get us on your desktop, tablet, mobile device. And by the way, download the app. It's a great app, and you can find it on the App Store. We even stream live on YouTube, Rumble, and Odyssey because we've got you covered on tnt radio conversations to inform and include it's
3: meant for everyday people
4: to understand
0: today's news talk radio tnt
1: well as we are talking about authoritarianism and tyranny uh, this is a perfect story time to bring our friend adam clark aka ruckus into the mix here on tuesday a federal judge in uh, a, a federal judge reversed a previous court ruling and allowed the arlington national cemetery in virginia to remove a century old confederate mon- monument here with the story TNT radio news producer Adam Clark aka Ruckus Ruckus they call it a confederate uh monument but uh, the term is a monument of reconciliation isn't it what's
4: the story here it's yeah it's a yes you're absolutely correct it is the reconciliation monument in uh, Arlington National Cemetery. Uh, there's been some back and forth going on with this thing for a few days now. Uh, so now the I think it's done. I think it's being taken down or has already been taken down by now. Uh, but it almost wasn't um, yesterday on Monday. A U.S. district judge, when Rossi Alston, issued a temporary injunction on the removal of the monument. Yes, that's right. As the one we're discussing is the one that was erected in honor of soldiers who died fighting for the Confederacy during the Civil War uh and the idea with the injunction was to allow time to hear arguments against the removal well, I guess they heard the arguments, and they're having none of it. Uh, in a hearing on Tuesday, yesterday, the judge ultimately rejected arguments made in a lawsuit, which had been filed by a group, a group called Defend Arlington, which are affiliated with Save Southern Heritage Florida, which had urged the court to order the memorial remain undisturbed. In his ruling, the judge wrote that the case quote attempts to place this court at the center of a great debate between individuals extolling the. Virtue choose romanticism and history of the old South and equally passionate individuals with government endorsement who believe that art accentuating what they believe is a harsh depiction of a time when a certain race of people were enslaved and treated like property is not deserving of a memorial at a place of refuge, honor and national recognition. To be sure this court's disposition does not have, the res- have to resolve Sorry. To be sure, this court's disposition does not have to resolve this great debate, but rather is decided on the relevant case law, statutory law and administrative direction which governs this court's decision. End quote. Judge Alston's ruling clears the way for the U.S. Department of Defense to continue with its planned removal of the memorial The Confederate monument at the center of the lawsuit was erected in 1914 and is described by the Arlington National Cemetery itself as, quote, an enslaved woman depicted as a mammy holding the infant child of a white officer and, quote, an enslaved man following his owner to war, end quote. There are plenty of other things on and around and under. Uh, the monument but that is what some people took offense to um and uh there this was all part of the the Pentagon had this plan to rename a bunch of buildings and uh designations that were related to um you know old South racism stuff so this was part of that recommendation that this thing gets removed and here we are gentlemen it's getting removed what do you think Uh, Well,
1: I would say, you know, one of the arguments you always hear uh, is that, oh, well, they shouldn't do this. They shouldn't remove our history and blah, blah, blah. Uh, Just to be perfectly clear, we're not removing our history. Uh, Democrats are removing their history. All of these statues torn down are dead Confederate Democrats. Uh, The Democrat Party uh, is responsible for this. And I won't I won't. you know, bother to say, Oh, this is our shared history. No, it's the Democrats history. Jim Crow laws or Democrat history, lynching Democrat history, KKK Democrat history. And now they're trying to remove all of these statues. Uh, and they did it, of course, you know, they, they did it in Virginia years ago and they're doing it all over the place. I remember my wife and I, Hesh, we went to, and Ruckus, we went to uh Gettysburg about a year ago. And if you've never been to Gettysburg, uh, in Pennsylvania, I really, really advise that trip. It's a, uh, it's, it, it's, it's, for one, it's beautiful, but for two, it's absolutely gut wrenching. Um, and it's a learning experience. And I asked one of the park rangers there because there's, you know, there's memorials to uh, uh, General Robert E. Lee, uh, Stonewall Jackson, and all the others. And I said, Look, uh, what are you going to do when they come in here and start demanding that these statues be removed? And he said, Well, To a man, every one of us is like over our dead body. That will never happen. Um, And I don't think it will happen at at Gettysburg. I mean, how could it? But you never know. Who would have thought at Arlington? There you go. What do you think, Cash?
2: Oh, man. I think that Americans today, especially under a certain age, really have no concept of what a, a civil war might look like or did look like and there there can be no more traumatic of a war you know i mean obviously there are wars of massive scale wars where you know J dams are being dropped or uh you know (sighs) nuclear weapons being dropped world war ii and such but there's nothing that will tear a nation up more than a battle between its own people its own sisters and brothers and mothers and fathers cousins and nephews and all this stuff and to yeah. um to remove all of the nuance that comes along with a, a civil war uh, is is a massive folly for for history for young people um and it's uh you know i don't care which side is saying which other side was correct Uh, We are we collectively here in the United States, those of us that uh, have been here a while, have some family legacy, um, all lost people to that war and um, the facts of that, you know, that history need to be preserved and the um, the hurt, the the, you know, the death and the subsequent healing needs to be um, respected as as fact so yeah i'm i'm always very displeased about this entire topic and uh the youth are the ones being robbed and all of us are the ones uh looking at a new cold war a new civil war and maybe a new
1: world war if things continue as they are it's just so it's a god dang it 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 infuriates me to no end because it's always it's always one side that's pushing this. And in, in, in a bizarre way, maybe not even so bizarre, maybe it's kind of obvious. This is just a different way of playing a race card. This is a different way of using identity politics. You're right, Hesher. The Civil War was a shared experience uh, for, for previous generations of Americans. That statue was called the Reconciliation Monument. It was about the North and South w- binding the wounds, All you need do is listen to Abraham Lincoln's, well, you can't listen to it, but go back and read Abraham Lincoln's uh, second inaugural address. It's absolutely wonderful what he says there. Uh, Or even the Gettysburg, if you don't have that much time. Just read the Gettysburg. That'll take you about two and a half minutes. And I'm telling you what, if it was up to some of these people that lead this fight to rip down all these statues, none of it would be remembered. Uh, And I think it's a a crime against history, and it's a crime against our nation's uh, uh, shared, um, you know, collective grief over that. You're right. Eight hundred thousand casualties in the Civil War, uh, and we're ripping down statues as fast as we can uh, to burnish our virtue. It's and it's we're, one,
2: we're, we're one, we're eighth of the way to that in one year in fentanyl deaths. You know, yeah. uh, so eight years of no, unchanged policies is going to be the equivalent of a civil war. And what is our government doing? What are our What are our courts doing? Futsing around with this crap, trying yeah. to destroy our history. Horrible state of the nation, thumbs down. Yeah. Here, here. Anything
4: else on it, Ruckus? What do you think, buddy? Uh, No, that was all well said, gentlemen. But I'll remind the listeners, since they can't go see it, they'd have to rely on history books or Wikipedia, God forbid. Uh, But the statue did have a biblical inscription at the feet of the woman who featured in bronze was on there that said, quote, they have beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks, end quote. Uh, But now uh, you wouldn't know that now, would you, unless you sought that information for yourself? Thanks for having me, gentlemen. Thank you, man. We'll talk to you again next hour, Ruckus. All right, you're watching and listening to State of
1: the Nation on TNT Radio. Stick around. We've got a full show. Our first guest is coming up next on
3: TNT Radio. TNT Radio's Kate Shemarani. Don't stop taking prescription medication. Always go and see your indoctrinated GP, always. But with psychiatric drugs, you have to actually wean off them. They're very addictive, and you have to wean off them. Now, I find all this really concerning. But what I cannot get my head around is the worst drug of all, they just let it on the market all the time. Sugar, 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 sugar. And then that's not even to bring in like MSG, monosodium glutamate. And and I, if I I can say, you know, you go into one of these garages and you see all the people going for food. There's nothing to eat in there. I very rarely can find anything to eat in any of these places. And if you go into the supermarket, there's only the first two aisles that have got real food. The rest, it, it's not food. And I see what people buy. I've covertly actually filmed people's trolleys. Not them. Don't get all excited. But I have filmed trolleys uh, to have a look what people are buying. And it's shocking because what you eat determines what your brain's going to be like and your teenager's brains do not stop developing till they're about 25 years of age.
0: Kate Shimarani on TNT Radio. I'm just gonna do a little voice-up. One, 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 two, three, four, five, five,
4: five, five. I wanted to alleviate my pain. I also didn't want to be who I was. I always just felt like there was just something wrong with me and I was trying to figure it out and I used the internet to help me do
3: that. Seemingly out of nowhere, we've suddenly seen a huge spike in media depictions and social media depictions of transgenderism.
4: It's even reached the mainstream advertising world. The people who are consuming this are children, 13, 14, 15 years old, and it's so easy for them to literally be groomed I just woke up one day, looked at myself in the mirror, and asked myself, what the heck am I doing?
5: When trans-identified kids are referred to specialized gender clinics, they're often told that they're going to get comprehensive, multidisciplinary mental health assessments. We know that that's not true. I was easy to manipulate. The ideology that has become dominant at these clinics is that trans kids know who they are, and therefore to question them is completely taboo.
4: My childhood was ruined. Who's there for their detransitioning? Nobody. Nobody would help me because they had more concerns of me reversing everything did this thing to alleviate this gender dysphoria that wasn't there before but you made it into a problem and now your body image issues are worse that's not supposed to happen what do we do now
3: D-trans: the dangers of gender affirming care for more information go to prageru.com
1: now i want to say this and i'm going to say it just once
0: this is today's news talk radio tnt
1: okay welcome back to state of the nation well we are fully into the christmas season and we would invite you to explore the wonderful world of christmas content presented and produced by nrb members including meaningful programming resources and events to help you to connect to the to the heart of christmas whether you desire to rediscover the the wonder and the joys of christ's birth or provide your family with an alternative to the superficial trappings or simply take on a new look at some of the great traditions, there's something for everyone among many Christmas programs created and broadcast by the NRB family. And joining us now to discuss this is president and CEO of NRB, that's National Religious Broadcasters Ministries, Troy Miller. Troy, hello, sir. Welcome to State of the Nation. It's wonderful to see you. How are you
6: today? I'm doing great today. Thank you all for having me, and Merry Christmas.
1: Merry Christmas uh, to you as well. Uh, It's it's great to see you. You guys are celebrating the 80th anniversary, I understand, of NRB now?
6: That's right. In 2024, we'll celebrate our 80th year of operation. We started back in 1944, uh, helping pastors and uh, other ministries who wanted to be on radio. So here we are on radio uh, today, and that's how NRB got its start.
2: Wow, amazing. and And how long have you been president there? how did How did you get involved?
6: So I've actually officially been President for the last two years. I was interim President for three years before that, uh, helping them uh, get through a kind of a rough time. But my background is from Christian television and Christian media as well. I've spent eighteen years in christian media and christian ministry and uh so i came to nrb because it's just a wonderful organization uh that you said not only works on behalf of christian communicators radio broadcast television but everybody in christianity who feels called to be in the public square today
1: i'm wondering troy um you know now there's so much um turmoil in the world a lot of people are uh, this type. We've talked about this this past week on the program. That this type of year, while it is a joyful time of year and we celebrate the birth of Christ and we and we try and keep uh, keep the traditions alive, it's also a time of year that a lot of people are under stress. Whether it's they they don't have enough money to make ends meet, much much less buy every kid the present they want and all that. What do you think when when we go through this time of year, people get the blue Christmas blahs, and they kind of get down. What's the message that NRB likes to convey to folks like that, that people that may want to feel merry and jolly are just having a tough time of it right about now?
6: Yeah, it it is a time of year when it can be very joyful. As you said, we're celebrating the birth of our Savior. Uh, There's a lot of hope in, in that. There's a lot of 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 joy because you're around family but for a lot of people uh, my family in particular this is the first year we will be without my mother-in-law she passed away in june and families feel that they feel the the pressure of the times the pressure to perform for 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 their children or perform for uh, other people and i think we we have to remind ourselves to kind of get back to uh, a bit of the basics, you know, to understand our our purpose uh, to be here. So much of it can get centered on ourselves, and and in this time of year, Christians really step up, and it's a time of year for us to serve others. And that's, I think, the message that we have and say: Look, this is a time we can. Uh, really feel depressed, but it's also a time we can step out and help. It's a time we can really support one another. So if you know somebody, if you're a Christian, if you're anybody and you know somebody that's having a rough time this year, pick up the phone and call them, send them a test message, message. invite them to church. Churches are doing so many services right now, music services and and play reenactments and and so many things going on. Invite somebody to church and, and really reach out. This is a time of year for us to forget about self and reach out.
2: Yeah, absolutely, Troy. Now, Troy, we've got a headline we're going to take here, but I want you to hold the line because when we come back, I want to talk about the importance of forgiveness and maybe in this holiday season, in in particular, uh, being able to forgive oneself. A lot of people, we talked about this yesterday a bit. A lot of people drag um, a very heavy weight of you know guilt, shame, regret, uh, depression. You know the number of negative emotions that people tend to get sucked into during the holidays. Um, So hold the line. We've got a headline coming in with today's News Talk, TNT Radio.
5: Here's what's making news. TNT Radio News. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. The Colorado Supreme Court, in a landmark 4-3 decision, ruled that former President Donald Trump is ineligible for the state's primary ballot. WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange's possible final appeal against extradition of the United States will be held at the UK High Court of Justice in London on February 20th and 21st. Israel has indicated a willingness to pause its military operations in Gaza under the condition that Hamas releases more captives.
0: Why not give TNT Radio a follow? We're on all major social platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Gab, and Getter. Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time right here on today's News Talk. TNT Radio. TNT Radio.
2: Troy, how important is it to forgive oneself and others during the holidays, and how does viewing positive media help? combat the holiday holiday blues and and maybe encourage this sort of forgiveness
6: yeah i think it's extremely important i think one of the things that can happen to us when we hold on to unforgiveness of others and, and as you said even unforgiveness of ourselves we can create a bitterness within us and, and we create this kind of bitterness towards the world uh, even, especially when we hold on to uh, things that we've done or we're too critical or judgmental of ourselves. We have to realize that all of us, the Bible tells us, are sinners and have fallen short uh, of the glory of God. And we have to realize this is a time, of season, that we can reach out to God or reach out to our creator and say, hey, Lord, I messed up. I did this, I did that. Uh, I got into an argument with a family member or a friend or whatever it is. And uh, you know what? I want to let that go, and God's there to help us to do that. And letting that go gives us a peace. It gives us a a freedom to move forward and to enjoy the season and to enjoy life. Uh, this is a great time to pick up that phone if you have somebody you're holding a a grudge against, and say, you know what? Let's 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 bury this. Let's let's move on for this. Our friendship is worth more than this, and and my personal health. And my personal uh, uh, situation is really worth more than this. And so it's very important for us to do this.
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely. Well said. I wonder if during this time uh, of season, uh, especially with all of the kind of negativity that we've been bombarded with and uh, we, you know, we live in a 24 seven news cycle and it's a, uh, uh, it's uh, it's social media is always right at our fingertips. Sometimes it's easy to get lost in that. And, and I find myself guilty of this too. I'll be honest. I sometimes wake up and I have a cup of coffee. I I kiss the wife, good morning. And then I immediately go into rage mode with what I'm watching on the news or what I'm reading, what I'm reading online. Uh, but at the same time, I'm reminded that Maybe I should lean a little bit more into my faith. I'm the son of a son of a preacher, man. My grandfather was a Presbyterian minister. Do you find that people are starting to come back to the church because we know in Europe they've kind of really kind of gone secular in so many ways. but i'm I'm hearing that more people are c- coming back to the flock. Are you noticing that as well?
6: yes, we we are noticing that. We are hearing that. and i and I think you really pinned the the reason why because, The world is so dark today and so full of despair and and hopelessness. You know, from the point you turn on social media, you you either have one or two things, you're being bombarded by all the bad things that are going on in the world, the crime around us in our cities, or you're being bombarded by by somebody else's you, you know, facade life, because we know nobody's social media life is their real life. Somebody's facade life that seems so much better than mine. And people are really struggling, I think, because religion and faith has been taken out of the mainstream. people are struggling and starting to ask that question what is my purpose? why am I here? why was I uh, uh, born you know what what is what is my role in life and that's bringing them back to faith and bringing them back to to religion and they're finding out that the only people that really have answers for them, are people of faith. And and then you look around and you find people of faith that are living life with all of these things that are going on, still living life in, in so much joy. You know, I, I, get in my role to travel around the world a lot. And I'm just, I'm so amazed when I go to these somewhat third world countries, you know, to, to Cambodia or to the Laos or the Philippines or, or over there. And you find these families and there, there was a family that we visited. This family was literally living underneath a house in the crawl space. And they invited us over for dinner. And they, they their faith, even though their situation was such despair, we'd look at, their faith, they were so joyful, so happy to have us for dinner. Um, That's the kind of thing people are looking for today. Where's my purpose? Where do I find my joy if it's not in all the materialism and stuff around me, and it's not in all of the social media likes? Where do I find my purpose and my real joy? And they're coming back to the church, and that's where they're finding it
2: yeah yeah absolutely. We're hearing a lot of similar stories. We're seeing a big uptick in youth in uh, across you know across different types of parishes. you know, I've noticed the Eastern Orthodox churches have just exploded with young people lately. um and and you know, you see all sort of revivals happening. College campuses now have blossoming. Ah, uh, Christian clubs of different types, you know. Whereas you know, five, ten years ago, they had nothing like that, or a group of four or five people sitting around. So it's very interesting to see. And then when I've also noticed that when we talk to a lot of experts, subject matter experts, be it uh, you know finance, politics, globalism, whatever we may be talking about that day, um, oftentimes the existential nature of the topic will bring us to. The higher power and say well what do we we always ask how do we fix what do we do what do we do and many people are seeing so much bleak darkness under the shadow of globalism that you know they think well my faith is pretty much all i can do I'll, i you know grant me the you know the intelligence and serenity to to change the things i can rather than fight against the things i can't you know is something that many people have said to me that stuck so you know i, I totally agree with you there And um, I'm also, uh, it's my understanding that you're a Navy veteran and that you um, have a story you might like to share when you were active duty stationed in Australia, which is where TNT is uh, headquartered out of. And maybe in our last several minutes or so, you can uh, fill us in on that.
6: Yeah, because I I think it's a great story of Christmas and I think the spirit still exists today. So I served in the Navy from 19... or uh, uh, from uh, yeah 1983 to 1988, we were deployed to the Persian Gulf in 1987 to do tanker escorts. So when we came off of that deployment in December, December, we found ourselves in Sydney, Australia, and we were spending Christmas in 1987 in Sydney. And many sailors haven't seen their family for seven months, and and so so Sydney had a wonderful program uh, where these families could dial up and invite sailors to come. Spend Christmas with them, and so I I participated in that I I went to spend Christmas with just a great family who who took me to midnight mass that evening and then uh, opened up their home and was able to be there when they shared presents with with their their family I had a daughter and a son and and uh, and just really really just brought a stranger into their house got to eat Vegemite for the first time uh, in there. Um, and then the, the gentleman and I started to talk and he was a uh, Vietnam veteran and he and I started to share our stories uh, uh, about our military experience and, and and I was in my dress uniform I actually went home without any of my ribbons and went home with all of his. <laughs> um, and so just a great time, uh, Australians are just a, just so hospitable and that's what you see in people of faith. You know, they didn't know me from, from anything else. I was a 21 year old, just a young 21 year old in, in, in Sydney, Australia, yet they opened up their home, brought me to church. And we just see that going on today. And that's the kind of spirit I think Christmas brings out in people and the kind of spirit we really need.
1: Yeah. What a wonderful story.
6: Are you yeah. still in touch with that family? You know, I was in touch with them for a number of years. And then I think they moved and we just lost touch. We were sharing Christmas cards. I still have their name and I went with the internet. We're trying to find them and see if we can locate them.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm I'm sure sure it's, it's love- a sh- it's a shared memory for sure. Yeah.
2: And I'm sure they'd yeah. love to see what you're doing. Maybe they'll come across uh, this interview and, and reach out. That would be wonderful. Oh, that, Christmas be wonderful. miracle.
1: Troy, before we let you go, we got about a a half minute here, but I want to weigh in on this because this is something, and and Hesh kind of touched on it, we've seen these pop-up baptisms happening. We saw 4,000 baptized in one day in California, we've seen it down south, and it's largely happening with the younger generations. That must really just fill you with a lot of hope and encouragement.
6: Oh, absolutely. A lot of hope and encouragement and, and excitement because, you know, the younger generation um, are somewhat known as the nuns, where they don't really have any affiliation with anything. And, and I think they're finding that that emptiness of being a nun uh, doesn't really work in life. They, they've been indoctrinated through college and things, and they get out into the real world, and they're finding out, you, you know what, This is not this is not working for me. And, and they lean on people of faith and they come to faith. And so it is so exciting to see these in, in, in the big numbers uh, coming to get to see these young kids. And the excitement is not just their baptism. The excitement is to see the joy in their lives when they realize that they have a purpose in their humanity, that God placed them here for a reason and that he loves them. And, and that changes everything
2: absolutely absolutely troy you know um you know nihilism seems to be the uh the going well it did seem to be the going mindset or worldview of many of the youth and i completely understand why they gravitated to that but this what we're talking about right here could just very well be the antidote nrb.org troy miller thank you so much for joining us merry christmas and we'll look forward to having you back on again
6: thank you guys Merry Christmas to you yep
2: all right yep Merry Christmas and God bless this is State of the Nation on today's news talk TNT radio
0: give me a minute with TNT radio's Steve Malzberg Republican
1: Senator Ron Johnson gets it and here he is stating the obvious about Ukraine something that so many people in Washington just refuse to acknowledge this is a bloody stalemate every day that goes by more Ukrainians die more Russian conscripts die, take no joy in that, more Ukraine gets destroyed. So this war should be brought to an end, the sooner the better, uh, because every day the outcome ends up being worse. It's gonna have to be a negotiated settlement. And Johnson has the guts to talk about what's really happening in our country. We've already seen a diminished America. If, if you
6: if you were asked to design a strategy to destroy this country, you could not ask for a better game plan than what President Biden and the Democrats are. Does it are seem purposeful to you? How could it almost not be? I mean, the
1: open borders, the 40-year high inflation, war on fossil fuel, the embarrassing and dangerous surrender in Afghanistan, which has emboldened Putin. That's why Putin's in Ukraine, because we surrendered in Afghanistan. He saw the weakness. That's what the Mullahs are seeing. That's what President Xi sees. So they're destroying this country, Democrat governance is. A purposeful weakening and ruining of the United States of America, brought to you by Joe Biden and the people who are really running the country. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Malzberg. Catch my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on TNT.
0: She was reading at a second grade level in kindergarten.
3: Pod four swimming before she was seven.
0: Finally convinced mom to get her ears pierced in the third grade.
3: Came in second at her fifth grade spelling bee. Drill team in the seventh. And with one stroke of the keyboard. One click of the mouse. It's gone. It's gone.
0: It's gone. Report a cyber tip today. The conversation continues with Brian McLean and Steve Hook at State of the Nation on today's News Talk Radio TNT. Well, here we go. We talked about this a little bit leading in, but we're going
2: to dive in right now. A divided Colorado Supreme Court. On Tuesday, declared former President Donald Trump ineligible for the White House under US Constitution's insurrection clause and removed him from the state's presidential primary ballot, setting up a likely showdown in the nation's highest court to decide whether the frontrunner for the GOP nomination can remain in the race. The decision from a court whose justices, as Steve mentioned, were all appointed by Democratic governors, Mark's the first time in history that Section 3 of the 14th Amendment has been used to disqualify a presidential candidate. Absolutely, absolutely amazing. This, this is uh, crazy. Our next guest wrote this on his X.com account. Disqualifying the frontrunner to protect the incumbent is the kind of thing I have seen in third world countries. I never thought I would see it here in America. I'm endorsing Donald Trump for president. Uh, Those are the words of our guest joining us now. Hung Kao, uh, it's great to see you again. Thank you for joining us. And again, thank you for your service and everything that you've done up to this point. Um, I I don't even know what to say about this. Steve and I are almost dumbfounded, and we shouldn't be because they've intimated that this was what we were going to be seeing amongst the lawfare against President Trump in the coming election. What was your take aside from what we just heard?
5: Well, Brian, Steve, thank you again for having me on back on your show. Yeah, I, I, I was dumbfounded, too. I mean, are we in Venezuela or are we in Nigeria? Where, where are we right now? No, we're in the United States of America. And these these people have already convicted Donald Trump before he's even had his day in court. And this is this goes against our Constitution. It goes against what we are as a nation. And, you know, it's time for us to step back up. It's time for us to to take hold of the mantle again and and, and really put law and order back into this country.
1: Yeah. You mentioned uh, this is the kind of stuff you'd, you've experienced and seen firsthand in third world countries. Well, to that hung, uh, you've got the president of, of El Salvador coming out and saying uh, the, the the USA has no business lecturing anyone on democracy when they pull this kind of stunt. So by God, I mean, if you've got an El Salvadoran president slamming Democrats for this, rightfully so, uh, I mean, that kind of says it all, doesn't it?
5: That's exactly it. I mean, we've really lost our place in the world. As, as the world leader of democracy and freedom in the world, we've turned into a banana republic and we've turned into a third world country ourselves. And, and Joe Biden is, is the lead, you know, he's leading this crazy band of misfits. <laughs>
1: it's yeah. almost an in-kind donation to Trump, though, don't you think? Because he's gonna I don't know how much he's raised since this uh decision came down from the from the uh, uh Colorado Supreme Court, but I'd wager he's raised quite a bit of money from it.
5: Yeah, because Americans are saying to themselves, well, the only way for me to keep him out of prison is to to really vote for him in office. And so they're handing him the the uh election and and it's Rightfully so, because I mean, you contrasted two presidents, right? I mean, you got one guy who who brought us peace. I mean, I came back from Afghanistan on January 5th, 2021, and and Afghanistan was relatively stable. Six months later, Joe Biden, you know, basically makes Afghanistan fall apart. We we abandon allies. We abandon our our people behind. Now we have war in in Europe and the Middle East, and then Taiwan is is under fire with uh with China. Not only that. North Korea is now testing nuclear missiles. I mean, in 2016, when I was in the Pentagon, I was counting every missile, every bomb, every torpedo uh, for an imminent war against North Korea. And, you know, I don't think the American people knew how close we were with war uh, with North Korea. But somehow when Donald Trump came in, he thwarted all that. He brought us back from the brink. And so we have to give him credit for that.
2: Yeah. uh, You know, um, it's just amazing. You know, you're you're. You're a a retired uh, captain, and I mean, you understand the concepts of readiness. You understand the geopolitics that are at play here. And and as you said, when when you returned from your final deployment in Afghanistan, just months later, you watched this disastrous pullout, right? So we lost 11 Marines, a sailor, a soldier, many other people, many other Afghanis, and, and Lord knows... How many people have been killed by the Taliban since for you know, their activities uh, over the years, or even just their affiliations? And now, uh, now we're looking at over 600,000 Ukrainians dead with a hundred billion of our dollars and much of our military reserves being used up over there. I mean, what, like from your military perspective, like, are we even in a state of readiness anymore? Has Joe, has the Joe Biden uh, regime completely destroyed our readiness? On top of the debacle in Afghanistan?
5: No, absolutely. I mean, just signing blank checks to Ukraine. Like, look, I'm I'm all about killing commies. Right? I mean, we're we want to defeat Russians, and but the problem is that we can't do it at the expense of Americans. We we're signing blank checks, and a lot of that checks those checks go to the pension plans for. Uh, Ukrainian uh, government workers. Like, why is my mom who's on Social Security not able to you know know if, if the next Social Security check will come in, but we're paying for the Social Security of, of Ukrainians? Not only that, every time you, you you use up a weapon and the moment Congress actually pr- appropriates that money, it takes at least two years for that weapon to roll off the assembly line. That's for an old weapon. That's something that we have in production. It takes two years for it to roll off the assembly line if we have all the pieces and parts, right? I mean, the, we have a chip shortage right now. And thanks to Joe Biden, we, we're, we're, we're exporting everything we can out elsewhere. I mean, right now steel is being uh this U S steel is being sold to Japan. I mean, that's, that's a problem in this country right now that our natural resources for, for national you know defense is being sold off to other people or exported to other countries. And now with this uh, issue in, in Israel, you know, we're going to send more weapons over there. And again, we have to take a tactical pause and make sure that we have enough arsenal in our, you know, in our inventory in order to fight off any future attack from uh, China or Russia.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just it, it, it does seem like and not only, you know, Hong, the thing is, is, is let's on as, as far as uh these wars overseas. When we're talking about Ukraine, there's been no accountability. There's been no auditing of this money. I wouldn't be at all surprised. In fact, I would be shocked if some of this money wasn't being kicked back to Democrats in the form of uh, campaign cash and others. I, I, w- I wouldn't be at all shocked to learn that. But it doesn't seem like it's th- they're waging a war to win it. It seems like they're waging a war to keep the war going on in in perpetuity. Uh, that as as a military man, as a captain, that must really uh, as we say down south, that must chap your ass. You must really be angry about that.
5: I am. Because you anytime you go into a conflict, what is your desired end state? What do we want at the end of the day? If it's the complete destruction of Russia, that's not gonna happen, right? Is it to, to push Russia completely out? Is it some sort of armistice? I don't know what it is, but they still haven't decided or or designated what the desired end state is. And that's what you need to start with, to start with the end in mind. Where do you want to be? And this is just going willy-nilly and Joe Biden saying, hey, we're going to keep this going on as long as it, it takes. Well, why? We I don't want another Afghanistan. I don't want another Iraq. And I don't want another Vietnam.
1: Yeah,
2: absolutely. And uh, we want to see you on Capitol Hill. You know, there's a talk going around about Nikki Haley being Trump's running mate. The way that you speak, I would much rather see you on that ticket or on your path to some sort of ticket like that, because you know, it's, it's almost like the establishment is ex- doing exactly what you're saying here. There's no end state. The only end states they're talking about, the only goals, the only returns on investment, they talk about are things that even somebody without a military background can realize are pie in the sky. They're not going to happen. They're unrealistic um so having no end state to these things but a constant flow of money going out into the meat grinder you know is a a very disconcerting message i mean what do you think that's saying to the american people
5: no you're absolutely right first of all thank you for your earlier uh note i can't be a vice president or anything like that because i i'm a uh, naturalized citizen i I came here as a refugee from vietnam and and i worked my way off and i'm uh you know I'm, i'm not going to to subvert what the constitution says. So the, thank you very much. But, you know, S- Senate is the, really the highest office I can seek. Um, and uh, so thank you for that. Now, well, going we support back to, that. Yeah. <laughs> now, um, talking about what what we should do for the American people, look, a, a combat veteran is the last person who's going to want war, right? I mean, someone who's seen bloodshed and, and, and you know, tasted what it's like to, to, you know, to be blown up and shot at and everything else. That's the last person that's going to want us in war because we know what it takes. Uh, and so, you know, with my son now at the Naval Academy, I don't want him to go to war. I'll be the last person to to, to put my son's life at stake if, you know, that should be the last resort. We need to to exercise all the levers of uh, national power. That's diplomacy, information, military at the least, least, and then economic. And those are the four levers of national power that we need to to use, and not just go to the military at all. Uh, you know, as, as the first resort. And also, if you're going to use the military, then then let the military do what it does best. We're not there to build nations. We're not nation builders. We're nation destroyers. Let us go in, unleash the the rules of engagement, and let us do our job. And then and then let the, the State Department take care of the rest.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, Hong, we we did speak to you over the course of the summer when you were running for the uh, Commonwealth of Virginia's tenth uh, congressional district. Came up a little bit short but your name has really gotten out there now. Um, you mentioned the Senate. Please tell me you're considering throwing your hat in the ring for the Senate or at least uh, Congress. I mean, are you going to run again? You haven't been scared off, have you?
5: Yes, sir. No, I. I so um, I ran last year in 2022 in the 10th Congressional District. We got 13% of uh, Democrats up here to vote for us, right? So we moved that needle 13%, but it was not enough to overcome Loudoun County where there's just a lot of angry People up here, angry leftists, and so um, they earlier this year they asked me to run for U.S. Senate, and I was like, uh, you know, gosh, you know, asked me to get punched in the face again and again. It's not really something I was looking forward to. But in July we decided to run for uh, U.S. Senate against Tim Kaine. Uh, so uh, so you can go to hungforva.com to see what our our uh, campaign's about. But you know, Tim Kane is is very weak and vulnerable right now. Look, he's he's a goofy dude that, you know, has been riding people's coattails his whole life. And right now the coattail he's got um himself hitched on is Joe Biden and uh it's it's going nowhere fast.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and and, you know, I, I'm, I'm curious, and that is going to be a very big race right there. I mean, it, it's going to, we're going to have to stay in contact with you as we approach the elections. Uh, we want to do our best to make sure to get your voice out there. Um, talk to us a little bit about, um, I'm going to kind of mix swim lanes here, but economy and border during Trump versus economy and border versus right now.
5: Okay. So the economy, you know, under Trump was on fire, right? Right now the world is on fire under Joe Biden. Um, and you know, everything was cheaper than we, you can afford to, to buy a house, you know, you can afford to, to fill up your, your tank. And and now we can't, but let's talk about the border. Cause that's the first thing we need to, to secure in order to protect this country. I was down in the border earlier in, uh, uh November, um, with, uh, Joni Ernst. And I'm telling you right now, it's a scary thing down there. It's, um, on both sides, on 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 the uh, illegal immigrant side, you know, you have young women being assaulted along the way. I mean, they're given packs uh, of morning after pills because they know they're going to get assaulted. There's 85,000 children that are unaccounted for that came across the border. And once they come across the border, then it's on us, right? They, they get a $5,000 Visa gift card, they get a plane ticket anywhere in the United States, and they get a cell phone with, you know, uh, full coverage for the next five to ten years, courtesy of you and me, the the American taxpayers, but also it's destroying the 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 border uh, cities as well. The uh, hospitals are overrun. You know, when they give, let's say, an open heart surgery to an illegal immigrant, that's two hundred fifty thousand dollars. They have to eat out of their their costs, and then they can't release this guy because he doesn't have a. Uh, uh primary care physicians. So they can't let him go back out to the desert, he'll just die. So they're they're in this quandary as as physicians who who swore an oath. And then uh farmers, for example, so Yuma, Arizona, 93% of all leafy vegetables come through uh, are grown in Yuma, Arizona. Every time they find an illegal immigrant sleeping in those fields, they have to destroy that portion of the field. Uh, because they don't know if they bring tuberculosis, E. coli, or whatever, and no one's reimbursing them. So, if, for you vegans out there, if uh, you know, like you, Brian, I'm sorry, um, you know,
4: <laughs> if, if you hey. wonder why your salad
5: is, is, is costing more, well, it's because of illegal immigrants coming across and sleeping in the fields, and they're destroying the, the crops, and and you know, the cost has to come somewhere, so it's going to come off to the American consumer.
1: Yeah, and I got to tell you, um, just do that to that very point. I went to the, you know, it's Christmas time, so my my wife is in. This I love Christmas time for 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 many many reasons, and one of them is, is it's the one time a year that my wife decides that she wants to cook, usually baking, cookies and uh, and cakes and pies and stuff like that. So I went to the store and bought one bag of groceries, and I mean one bag, sixty four dollars. Uh, I was uh, I'm never I'm never uh at a loss for words when I go to the grocery store at the price of things, but I was uh, even I was kind of gobsmacked at how much it costs. It's absolutely ridiculous. And we're seeing on the border now, every other day, it's like, well, we've reached a new record. This doesn't just seem like, oh, well, he's deciding not to enforce the border uh, laws. He's deciding to, to, to not enforce immigration laws. He is actively pursuing wide open southern borders. And as far as I'm concerned, if they can remove Trump from the ballot in Colorado for something he wasn't even convicted of, then by god every red state should remove him from the ballot and say you are derelict in your duty and the oath that you took uh, upon uh upon your fraudulent presidency my words not yours um, hung uh, but by god i mean this is just it's so maddening uh do the crazy angry liberals that you talk about in loudon county do they get this are they seeing this
5: too no they, they they really don't because i mean we have we have one of the safest counties in the uh the area. That's why I always. My, the sheriff here is my friend, a very close friend of mine. I, I always tell, uh, tell him, I was like, hey, you're, you're, you're responsible for me not winning because uh, uh, you know. Yeah. It is so we got-